Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 192, Time to Level Up. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Yanas as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Alex. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Uh, Yanas and I were talking about podcasting and audio equipment and setting up this equipment right here before this show, and I was trying to explain to him, okay, we got to do these little things. He's like, Alex, I know. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Forget what I said. <laughs> so <laughs> Yanas is an expert in this, so uh, this is perfect. It makes my job a lot easier, but it's not a job, it's a hobby. It makes my hobby a lot easier, but enough I about me. I the struggles. Just... <laughs> I love the struggles. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a beautiful struggle. That's the thing. It's a happy struggle. Yeah, <laughs> it is a very happy struggle. I have a smile on throughout the entire episode. And speaking about having a smile on, I'm sure you're going to put a smile on my face with the things you're going to say today because it's a topic I love. But before we jump into the topic, who is Yanas? Who is Yanas? Jeez. Well, I, I, I like to say that I'm a scientist by day and I'm a kind of content creator slash uber geek by night. Meaning that during during the day, I'm kind of experimenting with fish and and just generating data and writing scientific papers. And at night, I do podcasts, I make videos, I do a, a lot of gaming. I play video games, I play tabletop games, board games, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I just enjoy, um, I think in general, I enjoy storytelling, um, consuming it and commenting on it and talking to people who use storytelling, especially in, in interesting ways. Uh, especially like for science communication and uh, trying to use story and or play in a way that we can kind of promote science, uh, teach science and make science fun. Um, so that's the podcast that I work on. But yeah, in, in when I'm not doing that, I'm enjoying all the fun ways of doing that. So I enjoy gaming. I enjoy uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I enjoy running games. Uh, I enjoy a lot of fantasy type stuff when it comes to communicating media, you know, I'm a big like Lord of the Rings fan and yeah, watching those type of movies, reading those type of books and when I was a kid. So yeah, I, I like to call myself an uber geek because I kind of like collect hobbies. Like I'm always trying something new, which is, it sometimes takes up a lot of my time, <laughs> especially my free time. I just embarked on a on a journey of, of becoming a like a like a barbecue pit master in in South Africa. We call that a braai master. We call barbecue a braai. So I've been like collecting all types of gadgets and um, different types of utensils and trying to just get better at like cooking stuff on a fire. Um, so yeah, I'm always doing something. When it either comes to story or it comes to my story of just exploring new things in interesting ways. So yeah, I think that's me in a nutshell. Although that was a quite long story <laughs> that I've probably never <laughs> never said in that way before. But yeah. You know what? It was a beautiful story and it actually gives more context of who you are and how diverse your interests get. It goes from science to video games, board games, barbecue pits. Maybe you find a way to integ- integrate all of, all of them together to make the ultimate hobby. Maybe you like to keep them separate. And you said you also like Lord of the Rings, and I'm sure you're probably excited for the new I Lord think of the, the Rings series. Hobby is podcasting because you you get to talk about these these things um, with with other people, and you know other podcasters like you. You know we get together and talk about all the random stuff that we do, especially on a podcast like this, which is about hobbies, which is really cool. 
See, you said you collect hobbies. I collect people who collect hobbies. That is my hobby. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> you know how they say the one ring to rule them all? Well, I'm at the one hobbyist to rule them all. I'm not trying to say I'm <laughs> ruling everybody, but I was just going to say also, you love Lord of the Rings, and I'm sure you're excited for the new Lord of the Rings TV show. I, I, I am. That, that trailer is so cool. And it, I was flabbergasted that they made it like in live action it wasn't like cg it was ridiculous it was uh, it makes it, it makes it a little bit more special when you realize like oh cool they actually had like molten lava just you know yeah, just pouring yeah. down and the, the camera angles was perfect but you know what we could have another we can actually have you back on for another episode about your passion for lord of the rings but today oh, we're gonna sure. talk we're gonna for we're gonna sure. talk about something that I mean, you had to move you move away from that so quickly i was about to say one more thing oh yeah go ahead <laughs> well, I think that the trailer like kind of en encompasses like the the history of the the cinematic like Lord of the Rings experience because Lord of the Rings was one of the first movies that used map paintings, live action, and CGI all like in the same shot. I don't think any other movie had done that before. And it was really groundbreaking. And like Lord of the Rings is one of those like movies where like you don't realize like how old it is, but it still like calls up. Like you can still watch it and it still looks so cool. Um, so the fact that they did that like in live action just it, it brings back that feeling of just like how are you doing these type of things? It just doesn't <laughs> seem real. Now, did we just encourage ourselves to go rewatch Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit again? Jeez, <laughs> I mean, I've been telling myself every year. I don't, I don't ever get to it. It's been sad. This past few years, I haven't rewatched or reread the Lord of the Rings. Well, you know what? After this episode, you're gonna be like, okay, now I have to watch it. Or once your episode comes out, you're gonna listen to it. You're gonna be like, okay. Now I really have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Lord of the Rings is a movie. It's a book. And there's also been video games about Lord of the Rings. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. The video game aspects, not of Lord of the Rings, but maybe Lord of the Rings, but any type of video games. But before we jump into that, you said you were a podcaster and you have a lot of other projects and things you love to do. So do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything else you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Well, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my podcast is called Geekoscopy 101. So it's geek and oscopy, like microscopy or endoscopy. And it's essentially, it's it's taking like an academic look into, into geek culture. That's why it's called Geekoscopy. So you can find me on Twitter at Geekoscopy, geekoscopy.com. Uh, basically any social media that's worth going to. I'm not on like MSN or MySpace or anything like that, but uh, most of the relevant ones you'll probably <laughs> find me on at Geekoscopy. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. And now... I love to talk about this topic. It's something that I am a geek as well. I love video games, grew up with video games. And for you, it is a hobby, a passion of yours. So how did you get introduced to playing video games? Playing video games, uh, yeah. So I think I was about four years old. And one day my dad brought home a Sega Mega Drive 2, I think we call it here in South Africa. But I think in the States, it's called the Master System 2. And I started with Sonic 2, I think, I believe, and Alex the Kid, and like F1 Grand Prix. And I was totally hooked on Alex the Kid and, and Sonic the Hedgehog. And yeah, it's um, it's weird to be one of those like Sega kids now, like knowing how big Nintendo is now and like, like Sega had kind of fell by the wayside in terms of hardware. Uh, but at the time, it was all that I knew. 
and I just kept going for it. After that, I think uh, my dad did bring home a PC. Um, he he was into like reading about PCs and stuff. And we had an old like 386, like with black and white screen. And I played things like Prince of Persia and like Duke Nukem on there. Uh, was it Duke Nukem? Can a 386 run Duke Nukem? I can't remember. And like Microsoft Pinball and and, and Solitaire and stuff like that. And um, from then onwards, it was usually wherever I could get my hands on. Uh, we weren't like that well off that we could afford uh, video games or some of them weren't like that available in South Africa um, compared to like the US or Japan or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not very proud to say that I, in the early days, I used to pirate a lot of uh, <laughs> emulators and stuff. I don't do that stuff anymore. I'm all about, since becoming a creator, I'm all about like uh, kind of promoting and uh, supporting creators. So, and actually, like nowadays, it's very, it's difficult to like pirate. Like you have to go so out of your way to do it. Like in the, in the old days, we used to, it used to be like something that everyone used to do. Like you, like I remember going to like our local like grocery market and there were just like dudes, they would pirate DVDs, selling it as if it was like a bunch of bananas. Like it was such a <laughs> regular thing to do. It was so weird. Yeah, and then from there, I think after I had finished my, I think, bachelor's degree, I got a PlayStation 2. And this was like at the end of the PlayStation 2's life cycle. So like I was really like joining the console thing late. Um, and I think when I did my honors degree at the end of that in celebration of, of finishing, I got a PlayStation 3. And that's where my modern gaming kind of hobby slash obsession came to life. Um, and I played many of, I think, what we would now consider modern classics like you know, Uncharted, Mass Effect, um, Assassin's Creed, all the the recent uh, very great games, classic games. And afterwards, I think from 2011 onwards was when I started consuming video game media so not only playing games but also listening to podcasts about it listening to reading reviews listening to reviews getting more clued up about the industry as a whole and yeah it's just been growing from there and becoming different things over the years there's times where i fall out of gaming and maybe do other things like just watch a bunch of anime or maybe i just focus on you know work when work picks up um, so it's it's not a constant thing, but it's always something that I came back to. And I think it was the first form of escapism that I've had. And I will always probably go back to it um, to relax or to uh, consume some kind of story or now even to review uh, in a science communication sense, because that's a sort of thing that I do now. Um, so yeah, it's always been integrated into my life on a fundamental level as a hobby, but also I, I don't think I would be who I am now without it. Uh, I would probably be a totally different person. And speaking about it, it was part of your life. Did you ever go back to play some of these games out of nostalgia or is it something like, okay, I've played it once. It's time to move on. 
Um, I do go back to certain things ever so often, like obviously what I consider to be my favorite video games. A lot of those are like JRPGs, um, Japanese role-playing games like Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, um, Final Fantasy X, I replay every few years, Final Fantasy XII, I replay every few years, Final Fantasy VI, I replay every few years. Um, I recently watched the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which I missed when it initially came out. And I was pleasantly surprised at how it turned out, um, especially because that those first trailers were, <laughs> I mean, it, they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and it was surprising that we actually got a big studio to actually go back and be like, no, we're going to fix it. And they did. And it was surprisingly good. And I also watched um, the Detective Pikachu movie, which was pretty good as well with what material they had to to work with yeah i mean i, I think i've been just trying to catch up on movies because it hasn't been i think it hasn't been a, a good few years for for cinema i mean I'm, I'm sad to say i mean tv's i think it's been having its heyday um especially with like netflix series and like hbo series and stuff so i kind of just mm, stopped watching movies like for a good two three years which is weird to say yeah, so I do go back to, to certain classic games every now and then. Sometimes games, certain games will get remakes um, and get remade into a way that's totally different, like Final Fantasy VII, which I played recently. So, yeah, I am keep going back, um, depending on what's releasing, what do I feel nostalgia for or crave at the time. And I have to ask you, what kind of gamer are you? Are you the type of gamer that you just do, let's say, if it's a storyline, you just finish the main story and then continue? Or are you the type of gamer that has to do every side quest so you can 100% the game you play? I think it changes for each game. I don't think I have one mode that I do every game on. Um, I think earlier on in my PlayStation 3 days, uh, I try to do as much as possible because I wasn't earning much money. So every game needed to provide maximum value, in which case I was not only playing the game, but playing the meta game of hunting trophies on the PlayStation Network. And I hunted for quite a bit of gold and platinum trophies back in the day. And certain games, you want to do all the side quests, like The Witcher 3, you just want to do all the side quests because they feel so good. Mass Effect, you want to do all the side quests because they feel so good. Other games, you just want to plow through the story because it's it's good enough that you want to play through, but it lacks maybe a bit of polish or maybe like the loading times are too long or maybe it's just too difficult for you to want to bother with too much of the content. So um, I take it on a case-by-case basis. It's, it's always different every time. And this might be a very tough question, but everybody has that one special game in their heart. So for you, what is that one game that's like, you know what? This is my game. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Final Fantasy VI. I think when I first booted up Final Fantasy VI, it changed me. And actually, no, it, it, that's a difficult one because there's also another game called Shining Force 2 on the Sega Master System, Sega Mega Drive, which also, that was the first type of Japanese type type of game that I played. And I went from just being like a, a regular Indian kid from the township to this other thing where I was doing something that not everybody around me was doing. You know, I was truly being a geek 
in the sense that just me and my brother was doing this thing of playing Japanese style games. And you couldn't talk to to anybody about it because nobody else was doing it. It was like like the peak geeky nerdiness <laughs> at the time. You know, there wasn't the internet at that time or I didn't have access to it at the time. So it was something that I was doing alone for enjoyment and experiencing by myself. You know what? Back in those times when we didn't have the internet to go look up how to figure out a puzzle, it was a lot of trial and error. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <it>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just frustration trying to figure it out. And then some magical day you find it. <laughs> Especially because in, the, in those early days, um, when you're talking about the NES, SNES, just Sega generation, those consoles were made just after... Um, the only games that we had were like arcade machines and arcade machines are kind of like built, like, uh, you know, drain you of all your coins. So they're made very difficult and, and they weren't supposed to be played for very long in one sitting because you die that often. So you kept having to like restart. Um, so yeah, those early days of gaming were unnecessarily difficult just because of the legacy of arcade gaming. But I felt like I was probably a better gamer in those days because you would just sit and redo it and just get better at it. Now I have like no patience for difficult <laughs> games. I As soon as I boot up a game now, I put it on the easiest difficulty. I don't give a shit. Uh, I just want to experience the story. Um, unless it's a more like game gameplay driven game in which case maybe difficulty is better but if, it, if it's a game i'm playing for story then probably easiest difficulty and i don't waste too much time i've got other things to do other hobbies other work <laughs> so but i have to ask you have you played dark souls no <laughs> so for people who don't know what dark souls are or is it's a video game that is very well known for being very difficult and very challenging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I, and I don't necessarily know if it's like difficult, difficult, or whether it's like one of those things where repetition, it like, is part of the game, like dying and repeating. Like you will innately get better at it over time, like you did in those early days with arcade games and, and, and SNES games and stuff. It's just not my style to like. Mm -hmm just replay a section over and over again in that way uh my brother enjoys it which is pretty weird because like my my younger brother like enjoys it has very similar taste to me uh when it comes to like media and stuff but this one thing is is where we differ so much because he plays like all the souls games and he platinumed geez that that one gothic type of game that's the souls type geez why did i forget the name uh, well, it's because I didn't play the game. That's why I forgot the name. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that game. Yeah, it's it's a very difficult Souls type Souls born game. Yeah, so it, it's it's not for me, but I see the appeal. But yeah, Souls Souls type games, are, I'm not into it. Um, I know Elden Ring is going to be a bit dif different and have you know involvement from Game of Thrones creators. So we'll see then. But I'm not. I'm like. I have no expectations of playing that game unless it's something that's more digestible for me. Now, this is something that's pretty interesting to talk about because in these days, we see a lot of game trailers where these developers show like the pinnacle of gaming and the cool effects and stuff like that. And once they come out, they're not what as promise. So for you, 
Was there a game that seemed promising but ended up being disappointing? Oh, yeah. I think for me, that's probably going to be Cyberpunk 2077. I haven't played it yet because obviously, like, I don't want to spend my money or time on something that is essentially incomplete and, and buggy. Uh, but I had so much faith in that studio after The Witcher 3. Like, The Witcher 3 was one of the best gaming experiences I ever had. And I didn't expect them to fail like second time out of the gate like right away like maybe like have like one buffer zone before you like mess it up but i think like they just grew too big too fast and um lost i think some of that that passion and flair that they put into the witcher series with, with cyberpunk so that's probably the biggest one. Now, recently, well, once this episode comes out, it'll be a while back. But recently, Microsoft just purchased Blizzard and Activision, which just is a massive thing for almost, I think, was it $80 billion or 70, one of those two. Yeah, now, 69. Yeah, $69 billion, which is a crazy number. Now, for you growing up with games and seeing game studios getting bought out and changing their whole management, changing their game style and stuff. Do you think this is going to be like a good thing that these mega corporations such as Sony, Microsoft, buying off these smaller developers? Well, I say smaller, Blizzard and Activision aren't necessarily smaller, but these other developers to create games and create this monopoly. Yeah, it's it's the monopoly part that's worrying. I think it's it's... Time is going to tell whether this is a good thing or bad thing. It's difficult to to predict. This is obviously more. This is this is like a long term play on Microsoft's part. They are going for more of a changing the whole landscape type of move uh, with Xbox Game Pass than they are like you know worrying about like console wars in a certain generation, which I think is what where Sony is at right now because they've been winning for since the, the launch of the PS4. But Microsoft is thinking like two generations ahead. Facebook is thinking like five generations ahead <laughs> with like Metaverse <laughs> and stuff. Um, so it's, it's yeah, I mean, all of that stuff comes into play and it's difficult to say how it will play out. It could be good. It could be bad. I think in the short term, it could be good in the sense that Microsoft was losing and they were starting to make winning moves. And I don't think Sony was reacting fast enough. Um, and Nintendo is not bothered with either of them. <laughs> Nintendo's so, doing its own thing. <laughs> yeah, they've always done their own thing and they will continue to do their own thing. I mean, they started off with like playing cards. So they're in their own world and it's working for them and it's working for everyone who plays their stuff. So it is essentially between these two guys when it comes to consoles. Yeah, when you think about it, like, I mean, Steam had the monopoly for a lot when it came, when it came to PC games. And then, you know, now we have like Epic Game Store and we have like uh, EA Origins and stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's like um, there's diversity coming in, but there's also people wanting to claim a lot of the land um, that's on this landscape. and. Sometimes it's inevitable, like big companies like Microsoft are going to end up making big moves like this. It's just inevitable when it comes to business, never mind just gaming. But gaming is at such a point now where it is making so much money that everything that you will ex expect in the corporate world is going to start infiltrating. And when, when Microsoft, you know, bought Bethesda like last year, that was, I think, the big 
first big move. And it's it's what we're going to be looking at now is how the other big companies react to it, mm-hmm. whether they're willing to, you know, buy or whether they're willing to sell. Like, it's going to be interesting now whether Sony, like, makes a bid on some of the larger Japanese publishers like, like Square Enix or like Konami or something. Which is going to be weird because those companies don't only make video games like Activision does. It's like they're like they're in this uh, like in themselves big multi like like conglomerate companies where they have like you know casinos and gyms and other things on their portfolio. So it's going to be interesting how firstly whether the government or the US government allows it because it is such a like monopoly move and how the other players will respond. I th- I'm hoping that it's positive, but the only time will tell. It's it's complex. Yeah, it really is. And time is the best segue for my next question. You mentioned Facebook and the metaverse, which will bring up the concept of the Oculus Rift and other those and those other VR headsets. Now, is that something you've tried and something you've enjoyed? And if so, it's a kind of like a three three part or two part question. Where do you see the future of gaming going? Um, it's not something I've tried yet. I'm not necessarily a early adopter on things. I like for a couple of iterations of things to come out before I invest, mainly because I don't have a, have a bunch of money lying around. So I haven't tried VR yet. I'm not, I don't think it's at a consumer level yet. I don't think it is past first adopter level yet. I think it still needs work. Maybe next generation. It needs to get to a point where like it'll be like putting on a pair of glasses before it becomes mainstream. And I think that might take some time, but I think we're going to get there. I think it's inevitable. And we might even get to a point where we just jack straight into a computer. Like we just like stick a like like the matrix like a USB here, <laughs> like a USB type D into like our head and like yeah, just be plugged into the matrix or like sort out online or, or anything like that. So I think that is where we are going. And I think the finance side is is with you know cryptocurrencies uh, starting to I think I think mature into the into the finance side. And I think the the tech side when it comes to like viewing stuff is is getting it's getting there i don't think it's quite at the place where it needs to be and the other but i think when it comes to like using it like effectively on a day-to-day basis whether it's like um, using 5g for like doing remote surgery and stuff like that is interesting and so you have from, from internet connectivity side we're getting there with 5g and maybe with things like starlink so i think there's there's multiple different um, layers that are like coming together now to enable like gaming to like maybe do a quantum leap because the PS4 generation uh, and and Xbox what was it Xbox One X generation to PS5 Xbox Series wasn't that big of a jump. It had more to do with like processing power and giving developers a space to do interesting things rather than you know visual fidelity allowing you to do anything like super interesting we'll only see that coming to effect you know when psvr 2 comes out i think in two years i think i'm not sure when the when the release for that it was just like announced recently like last week but i think the next potential jump is going to vr 
but I still think it's kind of early. I don't think every all, all the stars are aligned yet, but I could be wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think we've tried VR so many times. It started all the way, like I think with the, the Super Nintendo and the yeah. Virtual Boy. I think it was the Game Boy and the Virtual Boy. And we've tried it again and again. We had like, you know, you remember the red and blue, like 3D glasses for movies yep. and stuff. <laughs> it's It's been a journey and we're getting to the cusp and we're kind of in that weird zone where it's it's almost there, but not quite. It's kind of like saying we're too late to explore the earth, but too early to explore space kind of idea, like to go into deep space. We're just in the middle. We're almost getting there. Yeah. But I'm glad people are, work, are working on it so that <laughs> yeah. you know, we will get there at some point. But it's, yeah. Maybe not us, but maybe future generations will. <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now talking about the future. Uh, what kind of game, not what kind of game, but what game are you looking forward to? And before you answer that, I might have an answer. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but is Baldur's Gate 3 a game that you are looking forward to since you love D&D and video games? Um, I am interested in playing it. There was another D&D game, game that came out recently that was just an, an utter flop. So it's, t- it's difficult <laughs> to say. Uh, I know the the pedigree of Baldur's Gate is better than than the new IP that they released recently, so I expect it to be better. Yeah, I will get to it at some point. I'm I'm not like I'm not like scrambling for it though, because playing tabletop Dungeons and Dragons is such a different thing to playing video games that I don't necessarily need them to combine. But I don't mind, like I, I've played the Neverwinter online game for quite a bit. That was like my main MMO for like a couple of years. And I enjoyed it somewhat, but it is just, it is just so different to actually playing D&D. Um, it's just the setting that gets translated to video games. But the actual like feeling of playing D&D, that doesn't necessarily translate to a video game that well. Yeah, having it in person makes it more enjoyable. You can watch your friends mess up and help them or not help them. Or <laughs> you can just do the whole that interaction together. And it's more fun. It's kind of like gaming on the couch it with is, friends. Yeah. It's the same it's, kind it's of energy. gaming on a, on the next level. Well, it's, 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 such, it's such a like mass hallucination <laughs> like together. So, okay. So without Boulder Gates in mind, what game are you looking forward to? Jeez, what game? This is a good question, actually. What game am I looking forward to? I mean, probably God of War 2 is up there. Um, any mainline exclusive from Sony is, is always a big thing when it comes out. Uh, but it's not, it's weird. I, I'm in a space now when I'm not looking, I'm not looking forward to much when it comes to, to gaming. Um, I think it's having a bit of a slow time. And some things, yeah, I mean, I think I've been just jaded and burned too much when it comes to like being excited for certain things and then releasing in a in a terrible form or a disappointing form. So yeah, it's it's difficult to say. I don't think it stands out really as God of War 2 right now. Well, I heard God of War 2, they're not making a trilogy. They're just making those two games. And I completely understand what you mean by burnout from pre-orders and all these microtransactions because... There's some, 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 I'm not bashing these game studios. They're probably working pretty hard with crunch time and all that. But the idea that it's kind of reminds me of what happened in the eighties. Remember that ET game and that whole kerfuffle of just push it to market. doesn't matter if it's completed, just push it to market. That's what it feels like nowadays for certain games. And it, once again, yeah, it could push you away from 
enjoying the game or even pre-ordering the game. So you just want to wait and look at <laughs> how other people play. Like, okay, cool. It's kind of like watching an Amazon review. She's like, okay, no, I don't want to buy that product. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to wait for reviews these days. It's too dangerous to be to just like pre-order anything. Unless you got like tons of money like lying around and you don't care, obviously. But if you're on a budget reading reviews is is essential to being mm -hmm. to being a gamer uh, thankfully now the gaming ecosystem is is much more diverse and would be buffered to like an et situation because <laughs> <laughs> we still have like stuff coming like indie p like studios making games and like um different like a bunch of different studios and a bunch of different publishers so i don't think but thankfully, not one game is going to topple the whole gaming industry. Mm -hmm. But it does feel like people are burning out on these big AAA uh, mm -hmm. publishers churning out like things off like a conveyor belt that just does not satisfy anymore. It reminds me of this whole graphics over story. And I feel like you, like myself, I'd rather play something with bad graphics, but with an amazing story. Yeah. But instead of vice versa. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, there's, there's always another like feeling that you have. It's difficult to like quantify. It's, it's like just a feeling like how something feels. And when it comes to food, like mouthfeel, there's a, there's a game feel as well. And sometimes it'll look terrible, but it will just play so great. I think that the best example I think of that for me is like Stardew Valley which is just like a farming simulator, uh, well, technically a community simulator. And it's got like like SNES graphics, like 16-bit graphics. But when you play that game, it just feels so good. Like everything comes together with the music and like the gameplay and like the interactions. And like it's, it's, it's like therapy to me playing Stardew Valley. It reminds me of uh, Starbound. Same kind of energy. Is it? I need to check that out. It's, a, it's so Starbound, yeah, it's all about uh, space exploration. You find things. And once again, it's that two, 2D, like like Mario-looking thing. And the music is calm <laughs> and beautiful. But yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. And that's what I also love about indie games. They put so much passion in making their games beautiful for the eyes, but the story amazing. There has been so many sure. of these games. And I think it's like a renaissance right now that... They were not well known back in, let's say, the early 2000s. It was all AAA. But as we go on in the future, like mid to like 2015 and so on, there's been so many amazing indie games that's just been getting more recognition. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, indie games have been having their time in the spotlight for a while now. And I mean, a lot of them are getting bought up by big AAA um, publishers as well. I remember like Ubisoft had the whole thing of just buying up a bunch of indie uh, publishers all the way back in like 2013, 2014. Um, and now you, you get developers where it's just like a one-man crew, like you know, Stardew Valley and small teams just doing interesting things. And they're not afraid to innovate because they don't have any like corporate people like just asking like for a checklist that they have to hit, like, they're doing their own thing and like they're being, they're, they're chasing their passion, um, which I think is one of the things that feels lost when it comes to the bigger games, like, like a passion to put something like it's a passion to put your art out there because you know, it's going to be played and you want to like have, you want to invoke senses of emotions and in, in your players. And 
Those bigger games do do it sometimes, um, but I think it feels a lot more corporate, like stakeholder driven than than for the art's sake these days. Well, if somebody who's listening to this episode is a video game designer creator, and hopefully this adds inspiration to keep going, create your games, because Yanas and I will appreciate it. You know, we'll play your game. <laughs> there are plenty of people who will appreciate it. And uh, for you, what would you say is the best part about playing video games on a personal and an emotional level? Getting to a, to a flow state with gaming and a sense of immersion, I think, is is one of those things where, like, as a human being in a in a world of just weirdness and just non, I suppose, natural states that we live in, like. We aren't like out in caves and and hunting animals anymore. We're doing a lot of weird things that I suppose we weren't evolved to do. Gaming is a good escapism and being able to kind of be immersed in another world and and escape away from the terrible things in life is cool. Not necessarily that I'm advocating for video games as therapy, although now they, they are like video games that you could get prescribed um, for certain conditions, which is really cool that the FDA approved one of those last year. Yeah, it's it's one of those things for me that I can get totally messed in, like block everything else out. And it helps re- reduce my anxiety and get my mind off of things that I don't want to be thinking about if I'm not, um, if I'm trying to relax or, or away from that situation. So that immersion of, of and the flow states that you get from gaming is is where I'm at. Yeah, I mean storytelling in video games is really good now as well. So it's 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 at that level, uh, probably far surpassed the level of um, movies and television, especially because there's another layer. It's, there's there's interaction involved, and you can't do that with uh, a movie, and not to the level that video games do. And certain movie industries have tried to turn a video game into a movie, and sometimes it kind of works. Some other times it didn't work at all. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you're being generous there. It does work most of the time. I know. I was just trying to say, it kind of works. That's why it kind of did, right? You're being very diplomatic, but you don't need to be on that point because everybody knows. Uh, and so for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started playing video games? Was it just finding access to video games themselves or was it I like the levels? Access, yeah. yeah, access is the, the, the biggest problem, getting access to video games. It wasn't, it just plain wasn't accessible and, and the cost, yeah, access is the general problem. And thanks to the internet now, it makes it a little bit easier, but connection issues can make it still difficult, but it makes it a little bit yeah. easier. Right. Yeah. Mm. And For this sure. is a question that I feel like every gamer should be asked. What is the one game you have the most hours in because you love it so much? So before you answer that, mine is Super Smash Bros. with 1,100 hours. I'm asking, what is yours? 1,100 hours, jeez. <laughs> so like you have a counter somewhere that says 1,100 hours. So yeah, like, did you calculate yeah. it by yourself? Oh, God, no, I didn't. No, I did not calculate it. When you look at your game list in Switch... It tells you how many hours you have in the oh, in that game. Oh, tell you that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think PlayStation has that. I know Steam has that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Steam does have that. Yeah. Jeez, which game I have the most hours in? I mean, to be like Devil's Advocate, it's probably Dungeons and Dragons in terms of gaming overall. But video games, it's hard to say. It's probably one of the Final Fantasies, but I wouldn't be able to tell you which one. 
maybe 10. It's potentially Final Fantasy 10. You know what? I can also imagine Stardew Valley is one of those games that just... Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. Actually, you're correct. Stardew Valley is, <laughs> is probably, I think, because I have it on multiple platforms and like multiple saves. Like, so I probably have a solid like 70 hours on like PS4 and another 100 on PC. And I probably like deleted a few saves, so I'm missing some hours. Oh, no. Stardew Valley is up there. And it's a good thing. So you mentioned you mentioned PS4 and PC. What is your take on mobile gaming? Is that something you're interested in or something you're not really interested in? I'm not really interested in the sense that I like to separate my different platforms. Like I like to just game on console and work on the PC. So the phone is for like communications most of the time. But sometimes something will come my way and i just feel like playing it um i mean there's been like games that take up your time i wouldn't say good games but games like candy crush when it first came out that took up some time there was some really good games like cut the rope that was really good plants vs zombies was was good yeah i mean it's not something that i kind of go out to to find like i'm not on the, the play store like looking for for games to play but every now and then when i don't want to play on the console and i want to play something on my phone then i'll just have a look at what's trending download it and try it and probably be obsessed for a week and then i'm done you know what for me personally i feel like phones are a way to play nostalgic games ones the classic ones kind of like snake or emulators for example legally finding emulators yeah. and stuff like that, like the original pokemon and stuff like that and was it i heard somewhere i think it was an episode i had a couple episodes ago my uh my guest was talking about how emulators are actually in a way beneficial in preserving the history of video games because some of these video games they're not manufactured anymore yeah. and no, if it wasn't for emulators yeah. it would be lost yeah, yeah. It's, it's not beneficial. It's like the only way. <laughs> I don't think it's either those, those publishers go out of business, in which case it's totally lost, or they kind of shelve it and don't provide you with a way to access it because it's, it's expensive to keep servers online and stuff like that. I mean, some things will probably never need to be preserved, like Mario or whatever. There'll probably always be a way for you to play it. Um, even if there won't be like a few years where, you know, Nintendo doesn't get their shit together and does give you some sort of access, but it'll eventually like come around. Uh, and then there's some games you probably, if you, if you lose your, your, your game, you'll probably never see it again. Um, so in which case I, I'm all for video game preservation. I don't mind emulators existing. I don't use them a lot these days. Um, just cause I just don't have time to 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 delve into that anymore i think that's 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 a part of my life that i've left behind and maybe i'll get to it again someday but i'm not in that uh not on that vibe anymore but in terms of people wanting to have access to the game that they can't pay for i think it, it's totally fine like if you can't buy something and they can't experience it in any way beside emulation i think that should be totally fine and totally legal and no one should bother you for that but of course knowing everything and everybody getting sued somebody will bother bother somebody about it <laughs> everybody's <laughs> <Yeah>. getting bothered <laughs> 
And for you, what is your latest challenge these days? Is it finding time to play games or just not finding the right game? Yeah. So last year, I did not play much, even the year before. This year, so the end, towards the end of last year, I, I kind of finished a, a bit of work and I uh, moved back in with my my parents and I'm still in like a like a remote like online thing. So I think I'll have a bit more time for gaming from this year. And I did spend much of the Christmas holidays uh, trying to catch up on some gaming. Yeah, nowadays I don't know whether this is a challenge, but I just don't have patience like if if i put on a game and i'm not enjoying it after two hours i will just straight up delete it and be like okay i'm done i think i can only play like probably what i consider like seven out of tens and above now i I, if it's lower quality than that i think i'm will not have the the time to to bother with it and you mentioned something. You said two hours, or else you'll you'll stop playing. I know Steam has this. You can return the game within two hours. So you got to put on your timer to make sure you do not pass that two hour mark. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying games on Steam though. I think one of the things that's contributing to that is Xbox Game Pass because I do play Xbox Game Pass on my PC, which gives you just a bunch of games that you can download as part of a subscription. So. It feels like games are even like cheaper and like throw away, like, you know, like things on Netflix or like kind of video service um, or even Spotify. Like if you don't like something, you just like, you know, just, just click on to the next thing. Sometimes you spend more time like scrolling through Netflix and you actually spend watching it. <laughs> you got to find the right song. It's kind of like uh, yeah. when you're about to do an activity in your house, you have to play the right song. You just got to, you got to wait. You got to wait. Okay. Or like when you're working out, you can't do your set. Until the right song comes on. <laughs> and she has the perfect song. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's that's the thing, like version of gaming. Like it's gonna be like you test something out for two hours. If it's your like style, if like if like the name, the description, and the artwork appeal to you in the first place, and then you try it out for a couple of hours. And sometimes you might hit gold and sometimes you might hit bust. And I also feel like it's a game every gamer has gone through this. You're like, you know what, tonight I want to play a game. You sit in your chair, you look at your library for a good 30, 40 minutes trying to figure out what you want to play. And then you say, okay, I guess I'll play this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really want to, but I guess I'll yeah. play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I do, like when, when like my backlog increases, I'll just like Google, like how long, like to beat it. And then, <laughs> and then I'll start looking at them from like the shortest time. onwards. <laughs> So you're like, okay, I have five hours. Okay, this one takes five hours and 20 minutes. And no, no play it. Four hours and 49 <laughs> minutes? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that can, be, that can be kind of stressful trying to figure out what game you want to play. So for you, but not necessarily that question itself, or this question, I guess, what would you say is the most stressful part about playing video games? I think when you get to like my level in life where you're like a publishing scientist, there's always a bit of... Jeez, why am I forgetting the word? But it's like you, you could be like doing other things. You, know, you could be doing like, quote unquote, more useful things with your time and work. Um, but I mean, that's a, a sure way to burn yourself out. And I've, done, and I've done that in the past when it comes to work and even with hobbies. Like I've burned myself out on hobbies. Burn myself out on like Dungeons and Dragons at one point and then stopped playing for two years and 
when he like recently got back to it again. Yeah, like how dare you find something that makes you happy in life? How dare you? <laughs> Shame on you yeah, for looking for yeah, happiness. For sure. For sure. I mean, I somehow managed to get like stuff done though. So and it's always worked. And so it's 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 one of the things where you do feel guilt sometimes and then you realize like I mean, we're just like a bunch of like apes like swinging sticks around and like watching colorful screens and like a bunch of carbon <laughs> clinking away on some plastic like it's it's not that serious you know yeah we only have a limited time on earth why not just do things you love doing you enjoy yeah exactly and what are some misconceptions about people who play video games the cool thing about that question is like now there's there's studies that disprove a lot of nonsense that gamers have like known for a long time especially when it comes with comes to things like violence and, and video games whether like Violent video games make you violent and video games making you like a, a, a total shut in. It's those are just vague generalizations and don't apply to, to everyone. I know a lot of people in my like colleagues that play some sort of game uh, or, or watch series or stuff and not necessarily have dedicated their lives to their work as it has been like in the past with with, with the older generations. Uh, I think my generation, i.e. like millennials and elder millennials, we I don't think we put up with burning ourselves out too much. Um, obviously, that's a generalization as well. But I think a lot more than previous generations where like everything was work and that's all you thought about and that's all you did and that was the quote-unquote right thing to do. Well, you know what? Playing video games is not work. It's a way of life. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and speaking about a way of life, what has playing video games taught you in life? Jeez, a bunch of things. Like I said, it's it's so intertwined into my life from an early age. It's hard to tell like what it would be like without it. I would say the main thing is becoming computer literate at an early age is probably due to video games because you're always wanting to play more video games and you always need to find out how to get the games to run and, you know, fiddling with settings and trying to get this driver to work and just like downloading the right things and installing the right things and um, understanding in the video game what certain things mean and Oh, yeah, like a lot of text-based video games will obviously increase your vocabulary while you're playing without you like realizing it. And I think my overall computer literacy, I would I would attribute like 50% of the early days to just wanting to play video games and figuring out the PC because I want to play video games. Back in the days with floppy disks and CDs. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah floppies and stuffies and it was rough out there microsoft dos like we had to like type in stuff to get into it oh yeah jeez <laughs> the good old days we say we sound old when we say that now <laughs> <laughs> we're ancient Didn't in the video game old. world yeah old, <laughs> and do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby oh jeez i mean accessible like video games are more accessible than ever it's 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 just it's one of those things like when it comes to like anime and stuff where there's going to be a video game for you. You just need to find it. Like I, you cannot 
you cannot have the idea now that a video game is one thing. It is, it's impossible. There's so many different types of video games, so many different genres of story, so many ways you can play video games. There's people playing Dark Souls and like bananas and shit. Like it is crazy how much diversity there is in types of video games and the way you can play them. To say, to be totally opposed to video games, I think is just silly and ignorant. You just haven't found the one for you yet. It's kind of like saying all movies are the same, all books are the same. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Really hard to generalize it's, it's, that. It's it's the thing that makes me annoyed when, when people say like anime is a genre. Like anime is not a genre. It's an entire <laughs> medium. There are genres within it. What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite uh, genre? Movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What's your, what, do you, what do you like? To, what's your favorite food? Food. What? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really silly to say that these days. I don't even know if people say that these days, but I'm sure people have that idea where like like you know, anime is for like children and like video games is for like children, and there's only one type of thing. Like people are changing. Like my dad is, I think, has been very surprised at like what comes on the TV sometimes when I play these like high fidelity like AAA games. He's like, oh, that's was this a series? I'm like, no, like I'm controlling that dude. Well, you know what? That reminds me of a time when I was playing Call of Duty back in the day. My mother came down. She's like, oh, this game's so violent. Why don't you just talk to them? You know, try to be friends. I'm like, okay. I said, hey, would you like? And then they shoot me. She's like, oh, well, that was not nice. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's so many different types of games. There's Goat Simulator. There's Truck Driver Simulator. There's a plethora and there's always new games coming out there's was it kfc came out with one a dating simulator oh yeah i remember yeah <laughs> it's a little that's a 18 plus game i guess uh but it's uh funny how there's games for everybody and yeah there, there's no excuse to just try one out just just try it out don't try one try a few exactly try a few it's like food you're not you're a baby when you're a baby i said when when you are a baby you try different types of foods and you know what you'll find something you love and it's the same thing with food or what you like exactly and now i've asked this question at the beginning of the episode but i'll ask it again at the end do you have any questions for me no sorry not that one the other one sorry <laughs> do you have any social media links or websites or projects you're working on that you would love to reshare yeah, so definitely have my podcast where I explore kind of the intersection between science story and play, Geekoscopy 101. You can find that on most of the podcast platforms and on my website, geekoscopy.com and social media everywhere slash Geekoscopy. That's where you'll find me. Perfect. I'll put that down below so people can go check that out and show you some love. And now the question that I was supposed to say now, not before, do you have any questions for me about playing video games? What's your, like, what are your favorites? Like, what do you enjoy playing? So I enjoy playing Super Smash Brothers. That's one of my favorite games. Uh, I've also played some Battlefield more recently. Um, okay. I, I love playing a variety of games. I've, my like, my library is full of different games. I've played Fall Guys. I played, uh, was it uh, Divinity Original Sins 2? Oh, sweet. Yeah, so it's very, very mix a mixed bag of everything. I like playing yeah, Portal Two for sure, just, and that's that's the beautiful thing. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing. Like games, some games will satisfy your needs for that day, and the other ones will not. There's one I think it's uh, I forget what it's called, but you build bridges to see how cars uh, pass over. <laughs> just as simple as that. I love that game. <laughs> that's cool. The bridge simulator. What is that called? 
it's like, I think it's like poly something. So you just do like different shapes and in order to see if the bridge will support the car passing by. It's <laughs> just okay. as simple as that. That's cool. Other types of games. I don't know if it's considered video games, but there's one that's pretty popular right now. Wordle. It's kind of like a video game. Yeah. They'll count yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a video simulator I've, I've game. I've heard about it, but I've, I've never, like, I've never been intrigued enough to, to see what it is. I feel like it's one of those things that will be forgotten by next week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course it's going to be forgotten, but it was there. Enjoyed it while it lasted. <laughs> I'm t- I'm talking about it as if it's past tense. It's already forgotten. Exactly. But yeah, like yourself, I have a giant library of games, Pokemon. Um, there's like, I don't, I really could not name you all the games I played. I'm pretty open to everything. One thing that I am bad with though, is horror games. I, oh yeah, I'm going to be there. I remember, it's not even a horror game. I remember Bioshock, the first scene you go out on this bridge and you hear this girl scream and I was like younger playing. I'm like, nope. And this is back in the days when we returned games to like the stores. You can re- where you can rent <laughs> yeah. games. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's everywhere. No, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I don't, I, I don't get horror. It's not like I don't like it. I just don't understand it on a fundamental level. Like why people <laughs> enjoy this. I know if my friends were to pay me enough, I would play it to as much any game they want, but I will literally jump out of my chair or wake up the whole neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Nana, uh, Yanas, for coming on and just sharing (laughs) your hobby with everybody. I'm stumbling on all my words today. I think I need to get (laughs) some more sleep, (laughs) but I love in the year. (laughs) That's not a, that's not a good thing. If it's still early in the year, (laughs) that means it's only downhill from here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you for coming on and sharing your love. If you guys want to go check him out, I'll put all the links down below in the description. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timefyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast and want to show some love, hey, I have a Patreon. I have a Redbubble with merchandise. You can leave reviews. It's all over the place. There's things and ways to su- support. But we, what, no, ooh, wow, I am really stumbling on my words. What you do need to do, I will try to enunciate, is go show Yana some love. There we go. So once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a fun chat. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers.